If you would look in Proverbs, the fourth chapter, and the 20th verse, Proverbs 4 and 20, he said, uh, I'm reading now out of the Living Bible, he said, listen, son of mine, to what I say. Proverbs 4.20, listen carefully. Keep these thoughts ever in mind. Let them penetrate deep within your heart, for they will mean real life for you and radiant health. Does that sound good? The New Century Version, verse 22, well, I'll back up to verse 20. New Century Version, my child, pay attention to my words. Listen closely to what I say. Don't ever forget my words. Keep them always in mind. Are his words important? How important are they? According to the scripture, they're they're life and death. And not just physical life and death, eternal life and eternal death. His words He said, they are the key to life for those that find them. They bring health to the whole body. Praise God. Is that true or not? Is it true his words bring health to the whole body? If that's true, we ought to be after his words. And if you're needing more health, you should be after some words. Not just any words. His words. Now, it didn't just say his words about healing. All of his words are health and life. Jesus said in John 6, 63, the flesh profits nothing. The words I speak unto you, their spirit and their life. His words are not just a form of communication. That's something we need mind renewal in. When the Lord speaks to you, he's never just saying. (laughs) Never. I don't care for that phrase. (laughs) If you say, I'm just saying, what you're just saying is that my mouth is moving, I'm making sound, but it means nothing. And it will accomplish nothing. And the Bible says that's an idle word. And we'll have to give an account. We are not supposed to speak non-productive stuff. We're told not to speak foolish things. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. God's words are spirit. They're eternal. And they are life. And they will minister to you beyond what your mind comprehends about them. Is it possible to take a pill, a medicine that your doctor prescribed, and you not have a clue what's in it or how it works, but it have an effect on your body? Well, that's, that's man's medicine. God's medicine. The margin of this says it'll be medicine to all their flesh. God's medicine works similarly. You don't have to understand all that it means. You don't have to understand how it works. But if you have faith in it, and if you'll receive it, 
it will work in you. Say it out loud. His word word is life to me me. and health health to all my flesh. flesh. Praise God. God's always been the healer. Always. He's never changed. And the psalmist said he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. The uh, Amplified, verse 22, says it like this. They are life to those that find them, healing and health to all their flesh. Verse 23 is, so keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard, for out of it flow the springs of life. Whatever is going on in your heart, now that's not talking about your blood pump. Your heart is the inner part of your being, the core part of your being. Just like the heart of a watermelon, the heart of an oak tree, not a blood pump. You can't believe God with your physical blood pump any more than you can believe God with your liver (laughs) or a kidney. (laughs) People look, you know, they imagine that the heart is all these amazing. It's a physical organ. Your brain is a physical organ. Your brain is not your mind. People talk about, isn't it amazing that these few pounds of gray matter tissue out of this has come Mozart and architecture and and, and medicine and and going to the moon. No, 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 no. (laughs) The brain is tissue and nerves and Synapses, it's simply the physical organ the mind functions through. And when your if the Lord tears is coming and you live out your life and they put your body in the ground, you'll still have your mind. And you won't be in the ground. As a believer, you'll be with the Lord. Hallelujah. You'll still be you and you'll have your mind. And uh, then you're really going to take off in development. We are created in the likeness and image of God. There is no limit to what we can learn. There is no limit to what we can understand. We're made in his image and likeness. Praise God. But the thing that causes us to develop, to blossom... And bloom is his word. His word is the incorruptible seed and the water that causes the seed to grow. You'll see about this in uh, 1 Peter. You don't have to turn there. But in 1 Peter, the first chapter, 23, 1 Peter 1, 23, says, Being born again... Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. By the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Heaven and earth, this atmosphere, and even things in our solar system are going away. The whole surface of the... People talk about global warming. Honey, it ain't just going to warm. It's going to melt. Something's going to happen to our star, our sun, 
and the surface is going to melt. But God will create a new heavens and a new earth. And in the new heavens and new earth, and we'll be around, there will be no curse, no death, no sorrow, no crying, no dying, no hospitals, no cemeteries, no mental institutions. We've never been in a place like that. I'm, I'm, I'm hungry to find out about it. How about you? Well, we got just a little bit longer down here, and then we're going to find out. This, is the, this life is the briefest thing we'll ever do in our existence. If you live 100 plus years, to the Lord, a thousand years is like a day. Well, he's perceiving time correctly. We're the ones that think this is a long time. So a hundred years, God time would be a couple of hours. And if you already live 50 years, you got about an hour left. And then you're out of here. Right? That's with you doing good. With the Lord sustaining you. No, this is not a long time. This is a very brief time. And trying to live just for this life and trying to act like you're going to live down here forever is crazy. Right? It's, it's living in a fantasy. They tell us, you know, that tens of thousands of people are leaving this earth every day. Scores of thousands, actually. About every uh, 1.8 seconds, I think it is, two people go. And so trying to act like you're going to live down here forever or trying to make plans do you, well, I'm going to get everything right, and I'm going to be set, and I'm going to retire, and, and, and what? What? You need to be about your maker's business. You need to be focusing on what he wants you to do, because soon and very soon, we're all out of here. Your body is born of corruptible seed. Your recreated spirit is born of incorruptible Seed, eternal seed. Go with me to 1 Corinthians, please. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 6. 1 Corinthians 3 and 6. He said, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Now let's stop here. How did Paul plant? He preached. He taught, right? So it was through the anointed words that he preached and taught that he planted. Apollos was a teacher. So he came along and taught on the same subjects that Paul preached and taught about. But he, he, maybe he expounded on it as teachers do. If you've never heard it before... It's being planted. If you're hearing about it again, it's being watered. And you need both of it. Both of them are vital, are necessary. I've planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Then neither is he that plants anything, neither he that waters, but God that gives the increase. 
The Amplified in verse 9 says, we are fellow workmen, laborers together with you and for God. You are God's garden and vineyard and field under cultivation. (laughs) Say it out loud. I am am God's garden. garden. Well, what does he plant in his garden? His words are seeds. And whatever seed it is, it'll produce after its own kind. Tomato seeds produce tomatoes. Well, God, see, whatever he's talking about, that seed produces that. It's not just communication. The Bible is not just literature. It's not just great moral stories. When God said, light be, he wasn't just saying Right? (laughs) And he wasn't just trying to whoever could hear it, let them know what he was thinking. He wasn't just trying to express his thoughts. We must elevate our respect for his word. This is the thing, Phyllis and I talk about it frequently, this is the thing that has transformed our lives. Looking back almost 40 years ago now, I grew up in church, and I thank God for what we had. We, a lot of things we didn't know, still a lot of things we don't know. But I thank God for every minister that answered the call and, and endeavored to preach the light that they had. I thank God for every person that came and made the church possible, little small churches that we were in. I thank God for it. But I didn't have the respect for the Word of God that I should. If you'd asked me, I'd have told you, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, Grandma's got a Bible. Big one. Sits on the coffee table. (laughs) We got Bibles at home. I could find them if I look. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Bible, yes. Mm. (laughs) Do you understand? You can say and do all that and have little to no respect for the actual Word of God. What do you mean? You find out what kind of respect you have for the Word of God when you hear what applies to your situation. And then your response to that Shows, not just talk, but if you do respect his word. And you don't respect God any more than you respect his word. They are one. He's exalted his word above his name. And when Phyllis and I were influenced by Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry, we saw that in his life. That he, the Lord had taught him. To put the word first above everything. Everything. Including what you think, what what I think, what you want. People say, well, I just believe. And that can mean not one thing. Well, I really believe. You can really be wrong. You can believe lies. 
It's called deception. We saw we must ask this question continuously. What does his word say? What does his word say? And realizing how woefully ignorant we were of it at the time, we begin the process to learn what he said. In fact, one of the first experiences I had hearing the Lord's voice to me. Uh, Phyllis and I had, were just married. We got married young. And uh, I, we, we had for where we were pretty good life, country folks. And uh, we lived out in the country. I, I like the country. And uh, I had a, a pretty wife. And I had a dog that caught my frisbee. <laughs> I had a hot rod Mustang. I had a fast motorcycle. I had a 37 Ford Coupe. I enjoyed sport fighting. I had one of the best jobs in the little community. Should have been a happy country boy. But something happened to me. I began to be dissatisfied. And I didn't know what. I'm so thankful God didn't just leave us. Where we were. I began to pray. I mean my, my grandmother was a real godly woman. And, and there are times I'd hear my, my mama praying at, at night in tongues in the other room. I mean, they, they knew some things about God, but I, I was, you know, like a lot of people, I was interested in other things. And, but I began to be dissatisfied. And so I began to pray. Didn't know how to pray in the Spirit. And so you just pray the same thing over and over again. Oh God, what is it? <laughs> what is it? Why am I not satisfied. I mean, I should be happy. Got a fast car, pretty wife, good dog. What more does a country boy need? I mean, making a little money. And uh, it, it, it kept weighing on me until it would be 10 o'clock at night, 11, midnight. I'd be out in the woods praying, crying, going, God, what? And, and I'm wanting him to write it in the sky. I'm wanting to hear something with my ear because that's all I know. God, what is it? What do you want? Didn't know I had a call on my life. Didn't know I'm supposed to be doing what I'm doing right now. Preaching to you. Didn't know it. I had other plans. And uh, this went on, this went on, this went on. Finally, I was up again one night, kneeling on the uh, red shag carpet, <laughs> leaned over on our genuine imitation plastic couch <laughs> in our little mobile home, and I'm going, God, God, would you talk to me? Would tell me what you? What do you want? What? What is it? What is it? And I finally just kind of, out of frustration and weariness, just fell over on the side. You know, sometimes you got to run out of gas and hush <laughs> before the Lord can even get into you. Because you're trying to hear him with your mind. You're trying to hear him with your ears. He's a spirit. You're a spirit. 
We've got to learn how he communicates. And it began to come up in my spirit. Just as clear. I didn't hear a voice. But just as clear. He said to me. Keith. I've already said. Many things to you. In my word. Find out. What I've already said to you. And if I want to say something else to you. I will. I raised up. I looked at the Bible that had been sitting on the table there for a long time. I thought, okay. He's already said a lot to me. I need to find out what he said. Do you believe God's word is God speaking to you? Then when you want to hear from God, you don't have to, you know, pray heaven down. You don't have to uh, fast 40 days. You don't have to cross an ocean. Get out your Bible. Get out your Bible. Open it up. Say, Lord, talk to me. And start reading. And, and what I didn't realize then is that if the Lord spoken to me in a spectacular supernatural way, I wouldn't have known whether it was the devil or him or what because I didn't know his voice. And there are many voices in the world. What are you talking about? Though there are numerous different human mediaries, authors in this book, it's the same voice coming through every book. Same voice in Genesis. You'll hear the same voice in Exodus. You'll hear the same voice in Psalms. You'll hear the same voice in Isaiah. You hear the same voice in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You hear the same voice in Ephesians. Hear the same voice in Revelation. And after a while, you get to know that voice. So that when he speaks to you individually, personally, you recognize that's the same voice I'm hearing when I read the word. You recognize him. And then you're not easily fooled. You're not easily misled. I'll tell you what he told me. He's already said many things to you. Find out what he's already said to you in his word. And if he wants to say something else to you, he will. And when you get familiar enough with this, you'll recognize it. You'll recognize it. Hallelujah. Are there voices that people could call you on the phone and just say hello and you'd know who they are? Oh, you know it's true. Why? How, do you, how can you recognize that voice with one word over a phone? How? You have heard it so much. You have heard it when it was happy. You've heard it when it was sad. You've heard it for hours and for minutes and for day, years, right? You've heard it. And you know that voice. Well you are his sheep. And you know his voice. But the way you become more and more familiar with it. Is through his word. And his spirit. Do not neglect the Bible. We are God's garden. We are his vineyard. We are his field under cultivation. Go to Matthew 13 please. So Phyllis and I did. 
we begin to spend regular time in the Word. Begin to find out what God said in His, in His book, in His Word. And it took, what, about three years? But we got to the place where we could hear His voice to tell us to go to Ramah and had faith to do it. If He had talked to me prior to that, I wouldn't have even paid it any attention. After we began to get some materials from there, I saw, a, we got the publication and I saw a magazine that had the graduating class on the front cover and they're all dressed in red caps and gowns. I looked at it and for just a brief moment I thought, wow, wouldn't that be neat? And then I thought, yeah, right. And didn't think about it again. It was just not even something to consider. But after another couple of years, the Lord directed us to go to a meeting Camp meeting, we had enough faith to go there. And then while we were there, he spoke to us to come there. Had enough faith to answer that call. Can you see how it works? But where did it start? People will say, well, praise God, you had enough faith to, to go and to go to school and do all that. It started when we pulled out the Bible. Come on, can you see this, friends? It started when we began to listen to those tapes. My brother Copeland and brother Hagen and Brother Savell and Caps and different ones. We begin to listen to those. And over the period of that next couple of years, we didn't know what was going on with us. We knew we liked it. We knew something good was happening in us. But faith was getting in us. And that seed was getting in us. And because we didn't just hear it one time and quit, we kept watering it. We were watering it on a daily basis. And it grew. It grew to the place our vision grew. Our vision expanded. Our faith began to blossom. We begin to believe things were possible. We never imagined God would do or could do for us. And it's still growing today. How about you? Thank you, Lord. Said out loud, all things are possible to him that believes. And I believe. Jesus, the master spoke a lot about this subject we're on. And you'll find both in Matthew and in Mark and in Luke what we call the parable of the sower or the parable of the seed. And uh, as we read it, notice, well, you're going to notice a lot of things. (laughs) Matthew 13, are you there? The same day went Jesus, verse 1, out of the house and sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together to him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore, and he did what? Spoke to them. Is this precious? His words. He spoke to them many things in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. What does a sower sow? Seed. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them. Some fell, some seed, fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. Another way of saying that they sprung up quickly. But they had no deepness of earth. Verse 6. And when the sun was up. They were scorched. 
And because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some an hundredfold, or a hundred times what was sown, some sixty times what was sown, some thirty times what was sown. This is miraculous that a seed becomes a hundred times what it was. <laughs> well, you could plant those seeds again. They become 30, 60, 100 times what they were. You could plant those seeds again. One seed can fill a continent and feed nations. That's miraculous. Isn't it? We're used to it. It's why we're going to eat today. Plant seeds, animal seeds, tree seeds, grass seeds, flower seeds. Your body's here because of a seed. Your spirit's here because of a seed. An incorruptible seed of the word of God. It should be just as real to us about taking an acorn and putting it in the ground and knowing it can become a tree. It it should be just as real to us hearing a word, even like right now. Hearing a word. And letting that word go in us and get down in us and realizing that will totally change my life. I may not see it overnight or in a week or two. But if I water that and keep that in me and keep that growing in me, it will transform. Miraculous things will happen inside me and outside. Is that real to us? needs to be more real to us. Now, uh, Jesus is talking about his words. He said, who has ears to hear, let him hear. In verse 14, verse 13 rather, he said, I speak to them in parables because seeing, they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which said, by hearing you shall hear, Not understand, seeing you shall see, shall not perceive, for this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. I heard someone just recently talk about that they were angry with God because they needed a healing. This is not one of our people, somebody else, but they they said, I've never met this person, but I heard them say this. They said they knew God could heal them if he would, but they didn't know why he wouldn't. And they were upset and they were angry to think that God could heal them, but he wouldn't. This is ignorance. This is deception. Why won't God heal me is an ignorant question. You could just as easily say, why won't God save me? Or why won't God save them? That's not the issue. Everything in our life, let let me, let me read it to you the way I got it. 
The outcomes of our life are the results of our response to God's Word. The outcomes of our life are the results of the response, our response, to His Word. Begging God to do something is wrong thinking. It's ignorance. We, we, it's trying to make him do something the way we want him to do it. And ignoring what he told us to do. He's already told us how things work. His word is a seed. Get it in you. Receive it. Water it. And it'll grow. It'll develop. Say it out loud again. His words words are life to me. And they are medicine. And health. To all my flesh. Folks don't realize it. But they are feeding on everything in the world. Except the word of God. They are talking the problem. Night and day. They are believing so much junk that's contrary to the word and so ignorant of the word that they don't even see how far off it is and I'm not judging I, there's, I've said and done plenty of dumb stuff because of my ignorance but don't blame God for lack of results for ignoring him and refusing to do what he said do don't do that God is not the problem here never has been never will be God is not withholding any good thing from anybody. He's not the destroyer. He's not the killer. He's not the thief. He took our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses. He carried our pains. By stripes, we're healed. Hallelujah. And if you say, well, I I heard that. I heard that, but I'm not healed. You hadn't got it yet. If you had gotten it, you wouldn't be saying I'm not healed. When's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? You hadn't got it yet. You're still walking by sight. When are you going to believe it's happened? Well, you're not going to believe anything until you see it or until the report comes back, this or that. See, no faith at all. Jesus told people their faith made them whole. It's still that way today. But here's the thing. Faith is not an intellectual position. Faith is not attaining a certain amount of knowledge. Faith is not knowledge. Faith is not of the head. Faith is of the heart. With the heart, man believes. How does faith come? Come on, somebody help me out. How does it, has it, comes by hearing what? What? God speaks faith seed words. If you let them get in you, those faith seed words will produce, guess what? Faith and life in you. But it's not just that you heard it or you thought about it. It's got to be something you receive into your being and then you keep hearing it and you keep Pouring water on it. Come on, y'all, with me. 
you got to keep doing this day after day, week after week, month after month. Nourish that seed. Let it grow. Let it develop. And as it grows, your faith will increase. Your vision will change. How you see things will change. How you hear things will change. And it will displace fear. It will push out doubt. Hallelujah. I know we had somebody when I worked at healing school at Brother Hagin's ministry. They were in the last stages of cancer and given no hope, given up to die. And uh, they stayed with us for months at the healing school. Thank God. And for months they just, they got worse. But after a while they stopped getting worse. You know, you can last a long time if you just stop getting worse. Amen. Not even talking about improving. If you just stop getting worse, then you you got time. Amen. And uh, but after a few more weeks and months, they started getting better and better and better until they got a complete clean report and bill of health. Somebody asked them, I overheard them, asked them, what happened to you? They said, I got so full of the word, there was no room for cancer. I got so full of the word, there was no room for fear. I got, it's the law of displacement. You get full of his word, you're full of him. Nobody can overcome him. You're full of life. Life is greater than death. You're full of healing. Healing is greater than sickness. You're full of faith. Faith is greater than fear. You're full of confidence. That's greater than doubt. But you don't get that by going to a church one time and hearing a message and taking three notes and going, hmm, that's interesting. As we read this, see... If what I just described to you is accurate or not, from this. Verse 18. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then comes the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. What is the Lord talking about? He's not talking about natural seed. What's he talking about? His words. And, and when he talks about sown on these different types of wayside ground, stony ground, thorny ground, good ground, he's talking about people. Isn't he? People. We just got through reading, you are God's garden. Well, what kind of ground are you? What kind of ground are you? Am I? Where the word is concerned. Because not all ground is good ground. He said there's wayside ground. There's stony ground. There's thorny ground. According to Jesus, three out of four got no results from what they heard. Three out of four. Going by what he described, 75% of the 
of the people that heard the word of God got no results. That would explain some things. Wouldn't it? That would explain some things. Is this true or not? People like to live in a fairy tale. They, they like to do nothing. You know, People like what I call no fault religion. What do you mean? No matter what happens, it's not my fault. No matter what doesn't happen, it's not my fault. It's God's mysterious ways and will. He's in control of everything and he's chosen for everything. Lies. Lies. Not true. He has left so much up to us. Phyllis just read earlier. I set before you, God said, life, death, blessing, cursing. You choose, he said. Whose choice is it? If it's ours, it's not his. If it's my choice, it's not his choice. He didn't say I've already chosen for you. Now religion tries to believe he's already chosen everything for everybody. It's not true. It's not true. 75% of people that heard the words, the anointed words of the master... Got no results. None. Is it because it wasn't God's will? No. No. Believing that would be a lie. Is it because God's will was worked better in them not getting harvests? No. No. Was it because God was telling them wait a while? It's not time. No, no, no. It's because of their wrong response. To the word. Wrong response. Our life. The outcomes of our life. Are being determined. By our response. To his word. This first group of people. Got no results. They heard the same word. That the person. The good ground person heard. That got a hundredfold. But they got nothing. Why? It says they heard it, but they didn't understand it. Go with me to Luke 8 real quickly, and you'll see something that's, that's enlightening. Because this is recorded in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It says in Luke 8, verse 5, A sower went out to sow his seed, and he sowed, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was what? Trodden down. That's one reason why you need to read all the accounts, because Luke's the only one that said this. And Matthew is the only one that said they didn't understand it. And you've got to put them together to get the whole picture. Why did the word produce no results in this person's life? They didn't understand it. It never got in them. Wayside. The seed came to them. But just like on a, in, in a field. It didn't get in the ground. It just fell on top of the ground. And there was something there immediately. To get it. And the Bible said the devil. Represented by the fowls. Came Immediately to steal it. 
Why? The devil is scared of what this seed can do in your life. And so the, the, the safest thing for him is to steal it before it ever gets in you. Before it ever starts in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> the, the salvations, the testimonies, the churches, the ministry that's under our hand now began when I got up off of that red shag carpet and reached over and got my Bible. Come on, can you see this? And Phyllis got hers. And we begin to let that seed get in us. It's sad. That so many people have zero respect for the Word of God. I mean, they they won't make any effort to get up and go to church to hear it. They won't allot any time to read a chapter or a verse. None. They have no regard for it. Which means they trod it. Can you see that? It was trodden down. You don't step on stuff you highly regard. People say, you did what? You got up when? You drove how long? To hear preaching? (laughs) What? Are you nuts? It's your day off. You could have slept. You could do this. You could do that. Who says you can't do that? Why you got to do it Sunday morning? You get blessed enough, you can do it Tuesday afternoon. (laughs) Yeah, multiple times a week. You get blessed enough, but how do you get blessed enough seeking first? His kingdom, his righteousness, his things. There was a move in the 70s and 80s where a lot of people began to see the value of God's word. And we'd go to meet, Phyllis and I were among them, we'd go to meetings, stand outside in the cold, in lines, for hours and hours and hours to get in a building, to hear the Word of God. Why, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Because you're beginning to see the importance. You're beginning to see the value of this Word. And you want to hear it. You want it to get in you. And what's already in you, you you know it needs to be watered. If you don't water it, continue to water it, it'll dry up. You understand, even a natural seed with no water and no ground, it, it can lay dormant for years and years and do nothing. They trod it down. And because they trod it down, they understood it not. And because they didn't understand it, the enemy was able to come immediately and just grab it before it ever got in them. Somebody say, not me, not me, not me. That's why when you come to church, you need to be all here. Hmm? When you read your chapter, don't you let a text, a ding on the phone, ding, Get delivered from the ding. (laughs) Don't don't let it run your life. I remember a time when we had no cell phones. 
And amazingly, we survived. We made it. I remember a time where you would go all day and nobody know where you were exactly and could not contact you. And you had to wait till you get home to talk about it. Why am I saying that? Because of technology, many people are perpetually distracted and have the attention span of a fruit fly. I'm telling you. You try to say something to them and they're checking their phone and they're listening to this and they got an earphone in one ear and where are they? They don't know where they are. Bless their heart. They're, they're all over the place. They're, they're my, and they think it's because they're so highly intelligent and they can multitask so amazingly and it's laughable. It's laughable. Amen. I'm a jet pilot, one of the best planes there is. And when you're flying 500 miles an hour and you've got 50 instruments to keep up with and Mike and I in the cop, you would call that multitasking. Yeah, big time. But I'm telling you, there is no such thing as true multitasking. Amen. What do you mean? When you take your eyes off of this to do this, you're missing this. Don't tell me you can keep up with all of it because you can't. You go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But you're missing something when you're not on it. When it comes to God, please, would you take some good advice before the, the new year? Yes, sir. Would you? Yes, yes sir. Give him your full attention. Yes, sir. Give him your full focus and your complete attention. Practice turning everything off and getting quiet and being still and knowing that he is God. You don't have to ask him a thousand things. Just give him your complete attention. For a period. You just got your mind on him. Nothing else. Now if you hadn't done it, It'll be a challenge for you. Your mind will be on this and that and the other and your job and fried chicken in the refrigerator. And and you'll have to grab it and pull it back, pull it back, pull it back. But if you'll do that, you'll develop powers of concentration. And this is part of growing up spiritually. And you'll learn how to focus And keep your mind somewhere for a while on him. And that's how he can talk to you. That's how he can get things in you. And that's how it can get watered. And that's how it can grow. But it begins by not trodding it down. It begins by saying, hush, hush. The Lord's speaking. Okay, Not now, not now. Yes, Lord. And he is, at that moment, your entire world. Are y'all with me, friends? We live in a world that knows nothing about what I'm talking about right now. They're so used to being perpetually distracted and don't realize how it has diminished them. But when you do this, 
There are many voices in the world. And they're all saying something. And most of it, you're better off not hearing. But there is one. Remember what Jesus told Martha and Mary? Martha, Martha, you're careful and troubled about many things. One thing is needful. Everybody say one thing, one thing. One One thing is, is necessary. He said Mary has chosen that good thing and it won't be taken away from her. It's going to last past this life. How many things can you say that about? That you're texting over or searching or Googling? How many things can you say it will last past this life? Can you say amen? amen? Stand on your feet, everybody. That's enough for now. Praise be to God. Let's just practice it a moment right now. Just close your eyes. Focus on Him. Lord, we worship You. We give You glory. Thank You for helping us to start this year right with our focus on You. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.